What's up, world? <laughs> yeah, it's another Friday, and you know what that means. It's your boy, Pastor Free, with another Free Indeed Friday podcast. Let's go! <laughs> Church all your life. Yeah, boy. I'm a church boy. Say, man, I hope that you feel as blessed as I do to make it to the end of another work week. Fridays are always blessed days. That's why they say, thank God it's Friday. Anyway, uh, before we get into the thick of things, I just want to encourage somebody to thank God for another chance. The truth of the matter is God is gracious and kind to us. If you're anything like me, you're guilty of making mistakes and falling short, sometimes ruining relationships and spoiling opportunities. But God is so kind. He gives us not a second chance, not a third chance, but another chance. And that's just a reason to give God glory today if you don't have anything else to thank him for. But you know what? Free funny. And so I'm going to tell you a joke real quick. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to hit you with two jokes. I'm going to hit you with what they call dad jokes. They're supposed to be little corny jokes, but sometimes they're pretty funny to me. Check this one out. What time did the man go to the dentist? Tooth hurdy. <laughs> get, get it? Tooth hurdy. Tooth. Okay, I'm going to try this one. A ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer. The bartender says, Sorry, we don't serve food here. <laughs> Come on, man. That junk right there, so corny, is hilarious. But anyway, on every Free and Deep Friday podcast, I take a moment to get in my bag, my catalog, 20 plus years of music, writing, production, recording, the whole nine. And so today I'm about to do the same thing. I'm Rock this box in your ear, hopefully getting your Friday going real good. Remember, I've told you on several occasions that if you want Free Indeed Ministries products, that includes my music, literary works, movies, uh, Lady Kayla's music, you can always get that stuff at www.freetheletterndministries.com. Most of our stuff is there. However, today I'm going to throw a curveball because I'm not going to play anything that's on a record. Uh, every now and then at ALC as a part of sermon series, uh, I'll go in the lab and create a theme song of sorts just for the series. And I was doing a preaching through a series called Who Are You? And God gave me this little ditty. It goes so hard. It's not on a disc anywhere. We just played it each week as a part of the series. I want you to hear Who Are You? Yeah. I'm a Cadillac this one. It's free. I wanna talk to you a little bit. Say what now? Just, 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 just
at you for a second I see a little hurt in your eyes I wonder if you even realize That they have turned you into a transformer Like you on stage, you a performer You didn't know this role would last And now you're kinda stuck type cast Do you even know? Do you even care? Do you even care? Too many lost in the sauce And it's a cold world out there Yep, that was Who Are You? That was the intro to our uh, kind of makeshift uh, reality show that we call Lost in the Sauce. I think that's how we began preaching uh 2020 when we were trying to figure out COVID stuff and uh, of course like I said you can always find worship experiences and preaching material from the Abundant Life Church on our Facebook page and YouTube pages uh, got a, got some pretty dope things that we've done over the years that uh, you might find very interesting the website for the Abundant Life Church where I serve as lead pastor is www.getyolife.org so I told you at the end of this month, I'm releasing my second public uh, literary uh, project entitled Dear Young Preacher, Transparent Letters to a Young Preacher Pastor. I'm so excited about this work. I really think it's going to bless the body of Christ, that it's going to strengthen churches. It's going to help ministers have a better uh, head start or information that is necessary to be effective and successful in ministry. So the release date is October the 29th. That's when the book comes out. But not only am I putting out a paperback book, I'm also releasing the audio book where you get a blessed opportunity to hear me read the book. Read these letters, um, you know, my own voice. Um, and so I'm excited about that. I'm going to give you just another ski chase this week uh, from Dear Young Preacher. I believe, like I said, it's going to bless the nations. And so you'll be able to hear in just a few seconds some pretty interesting content, I believe. And hopefully it'll wet your whistle and you'll recommend that somebody pick up this book, Dear Young Preacher. Maybe you got a cousin, a nephew, a niece, an auntie that's in the ministry, and whether they've been preaching for two days or two decades, I believe they'll find some information in the book helpful. So here we go. Here's a snippet from Dear Young Preacher, Transparent Letters to a Young Preacher Pastor. Know that timing is everything. Dear Young Preacher, the sooner you learn this lesson, the more effective your ministry will be. It is crucial that you learn to value, manage, and discern time. Time is so valuable and precious, yet most people waste it. Time is a gift that will bless you, but most people choose to mismanage it. Time requires and demands attention and understanding, yet far too many people choose to operate as though anything is applicable at any time. These statements, I say, are realities that lead many people to failed and miserable ministry lives. The life of the preacher is one of high demand. You will always be pulled in many different directions. People will want you to be their counselor, referee, 
Lifeline, Bible Wizard, Bedside Comforter, Banker, and Chief Support. They easily forget that you have a life outside of being their pastor. They will treat you like you have no marriage until you get a divorce. They will use you like you have no children until one of yours is locked up. They will run you like you are not human until your health fails. For this cause, it is your responsibility and yours only to manage and prioritize your time. It starts at a point of priority. What things are important? What things has God called you to? There is simply not enough time for you to keep picking up responsibilities that God has not called you to. If we are not careful, we will get so busy working for God that we have no time for God. He must be your priority. Spending time with him is of utmost importance. Only in his face will you receive real instruction as to how to spend the rest of your time. Make time for his word. Make time for prayer and worship. Make time for him to speak to you. Make time to... So, uh, yeah, this book, uh, I'm writing to young preachers and pastors, but I'm sure you can tell just by listening to that that any child of God could benefit from some of the contents from this book. So, again, that's October the 29th. Uh, I'll publicize everywhere how you're able to get your hands on this book. Of course, it'll be on the site free, the letter ndministries.com. We'll also make it available or at least let you know how to get your hands on a copy uh, on all of our social media platforms. Anyway, I'm about to get to the word of God today because I'm sure uh, that's probably the more meteor uh, matter uh, for this Free Indeed Friday podcast. Last week, I was in part three of the sermon series, I Won't Complain, and I was preaching a sermon called Pissed at Pastor. Well, that ended up being a two-parter, and so today I'm going to play part four of the series, which is part two of Pissed at Pastor. Um, I sure hope y'all ain't pissed at your pastor, especially if I'm your pastor. And if I've done anything to offend you or to hurt you in any way, please forgive me. I apologize sincerely, and I ask that you would give me grace. Uh, and if you're not a member of ALC, I'm not your pastor. Whoever your pastor is, they're human. I promise you they're doing the very best they can to serve. Somebody asked me the other day, what's so hard about being a pastor? And I thought in my mind, you must not know anybody. Like you don't talk to people. You don't have coworkers. You don't have a mama or a daddy. Because the hard part of being a pastor is just dealing with people, people's issues, people's quirks, people's agendas, just people. Lord have mercy. And anyway, they got the audacity to get pissed at the pastor. Anyway, here's part two of Pissed at Pastor, which is part four of the series, I Won't Come Complain. So uh, last week we started a sermon. Well, no. Last week we continued a sermon series, and we preached part one of part three. I don't want to confuse you. Uh, we've been in Dallas for the week, and when you're driving in Dallas, it's an exit 1A and 1B and 1C, and I said, I can't get up there talking crazy to these people till I was driving in Dallas. I said, you know what? This is part 3B. Yeah, just go with it. It'll be all right. This is the right exit. Here we go. Um, so we've been preaching through a series called I Won't Complain. And the design is to caution the people of God against the spirit of complaint. And the truth of the matter is, if we were to be honest, a whole lot of us are guilty of complaining. The 
you don't complain about the way your life is. You complain that you don't have everything you desire. And then some people, you're grateful for your life, but you always complaining about somebody else. Why they won't do right. That's still complaining. All right. And then so last week we, we went to a very interesting uh, passage in Numbers chapter 12. Uh, it was not premeditated. I'm just preaching through the story, right? I've been going chronologically. Started at the beginning of Numbers chapter 11. And then so we came to a very interesting story where they get pissed at the pastor. Uh, and so I didn't make it through the whole sermon. We're going to go back to Numbers 12. Stand to your feet with Numbers 12 in your hand, if you will. Let's recite our pre-word mantra. This is my Bible, the infallible word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can. The promises of God are sure in my life. Amen. Numbers chapter 12. Uh, Marvin, if you could turn my uh, monitors up just a tad. My, uh, Numbers chapter 12. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole story again for context. While uh, they were at Hazaroth, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. For he had indeed married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Now, uh, the man Moses was very humble, more so than anyone else on the face of the earth. Uh, and suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meetings. Uh, so the three of them came out. And then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward and he said, hear my words. When there are prophets among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted with all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly, not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. Verse 10, and when the cloud went away from over the tent, Miriam had become leprous, as white as snow. Aaron turned towards Miriam and saw that she was leprous. And then Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, do not punish us for a sin that we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like one stillborn whose flesh is half consumed when it comes out of its mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, Oh, God, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp for seven days. And after that, she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days and the people did not set out on the march until Miriam had been brought in again. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. This is I Won't Complain, part 3B, <laughs> pissed at the pastor. All right, be seated in the presence of the Lord. Check this out. Last week, I started what I thought would be uh, one, ser one sermon on Numbers chapter 12. Um, the point of the sermon was to examine point blank what the Bible says about complaining against leadership. I'm not sure what made me think I could get through the whole sermon in one week. Uh, we only talked about the complaints of the people and never got around to the consequence, consequences. And what I do know about people is you can't just tell them not to do something. They need to know why. Uh, this generation that is growing up, they are very intelligent. They've been exposed to a lot through YouTube video games and television and so you can't just tell them Mark don't you need to explain to them why and so this week uh, it is not by coincidence that his young ministry emphasis because the truth of the matter is there's some grown folk with a why mentality that the word of God can't just tell you don't you need to know why and so here it is I need to say that the purpose of this sermon is not to defend pastors it's not. It's not. Whether you think it is or it's not to defend the pastors. As a matter of fact, this narrative would suggest that the pastor doesn't need defense. God has taken care of that. But the intent is to deliver the people, uh, to help the people of God to avoid consequences, struggles, hardship, isolation, curses, sickness, fruitlessness, and the pain that comes along with being pissed at pastors. Help me, Holy Ghost. Sadly, more times than you would expect, those of us who have been called to shepherd and lead God's people must endure treatment that is mean, callous, disrespectful, violent, judgmental, harsh, unfair, and even debilitating. Y'all check this out real quick. Look at the screen. Before us today is a visual image through video of a shepherd being attacked by his sheep. The truth of the matter is I know that this video is somewhat difficult to watch. But the irony is it happens all the time. <laughs> and believers typically stand by and do nothing just like this man in the car. Videotaping, watching, putting it on the ground. But never doing anything to come to the aid 
of the shepherd. It has become cute and commonplace to dishonor and complain against the man of God. It is a cultural norm at this point to disrespect uh, leadership. We sit idly, idly by and we watch on Facebook posts and we watch Instagram rants against the preacher pastor as though this is cool, although it's all right. Yet the word of God makes it clear to us, y'all. Um, that this is a completely false claim. At the beginning of chapter 12, Aaron and Miriam, who happened to be Moses' brother and sister, have complained against Pastor Moses. They complained that he got married to a Cushite woman, which according to God's law was not even unlawful. But as we continue to read, we see that that was just the cover they were using for their complaint. Because most of the time when people have an issue, what they articulate is never the real issue. As a matter of fact, as we keep reading, they go on to ask a question, does God only speak to us through Moses? Oh, now we see what the real issue is. You want to be equal with Moses. Your issue is that God chose somebody other than you. And the truth of the matter is what I've learned in my 30 plus years of church life is that some Sometimes folk will get upset. They will get beside themselves. Uh, they will become angry and irate because they think that as a leader, you're entitled to things that they wish they were entitled to. Uh, the truth of the matter is some people would love uh, for folk to sit there and listen to them talk for 30, 45 minutes a week. Uh, there are some people who would love uh, to have an anniversary uh, where the family is paraded in front of the church in beautiful clothes uh, and given an offering at the end of the day. Some people would love for when you walk in the room, certain people to stand up as a sign of honor and respect. But the truth of the matter is, pastoral leadership is not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. It's about the nights when you're wide, you're asleep, and I'm wide awake. It's about those times where you're out partying, and I'm on my face praying. It's about those seasons where you get a chance to rest, and I've got to labor on behalf of the people of God. It's those moments that you don't understand. Text messages and emails of folk complaining about this, complaining about that. Folk that get themselves in situations and get mad at you when you try to tell them how to get out. It's not about what you see. It's about what you don't see. And so the interesting thing about the text is that there is a critical crew. That's where we started last week. And it hurts when your criticism comes from your crew. It's one thing when you hear it from the crowd. It's another thing when you hear it from scales. It's another thing when you hear it from Brown. It's another thing when you hear it from Booker. It, it means something different when it's people that you have allowed into proximity, people that you have placed in leadership, people that you've put confidence in, and you discover that there is an issue in the ranks. Here it is. that uh, We said last week that they were discontent uh, and they had a close connection. We said that they were discontent about his personal decision. He made a choice to marry a Cushite woman. That was his business, not theirs. And many times people get pissed at the pastor because the pastor ain't supposed to have no personal business. Uh, it has been said time and time again that the pastoral family lives in glass houses. That people can always look into your life, but then don't want you looking into theirs. 
It's crazy that there are people who follow me on Facebook because you want to know everything I'm doing and saying, and you won't accept my friend request because you don't want me to see how you act. If you can't say amen, say, Lord, I'm sorry. You can even type it in the comments if you want to. They, they, they were discontent about his personal decision, and then they were discontent about his appointed position. Listen, y'all, let me keep it 100 with you. I did not ask for this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for this. Many days, I asked God to take it back. I don't want it. I didn't ask for this. As I go through my timelines on Sundays, because as a pastor, I, I know the need for encouragement. And so every Sunday, I scroll down my timeline. I drop in on people's sermons and just encourage them. Go ahead, teach the word, because I understand how discouraging it is. And I see a lot of pastors that are preaching, like, from their living room on their phone. Because what that means is that even when the church has scattered, even when the sheep are gone, the, the shepherd still has to do their job. I wish y'all would hear me. That there are some things that can't nobody else help the shepherd with because they're sheep. And the shepherd's got to labor by themselves. And I'm just saying that the truth of the matter is anybody in their right mind don't ask for this. Uh, because it comes with a great load. It comes with a great burden. It comes with a long complaint line. It comes with people who think that in some way disrespecting you makes them level up. Y'all are missing this. Uh, and so there's a critical crew. But I need to go ahead and get to the meat of the matter today. And the second thing we started to touch it last week, there's a cloudy confrontation. If you're right and write that down. A cloudy confrontation. The word of God says that God heard their complaint. Can I keep it 100? You can talk behind my back all day long. But that's not going to stop God from hearing it. And, and Myron, this don't just apply to me. It applies to all of God's people. That, that, that you know, we can be so shady. I, you, you ever seen people who run up in your face and they skinning and grinning and they smiling like we buddies? And then as soon as you walk off, man, I can't stand her. It's called, talk, called talking behind my back, but it don't matter because God, who has my back, <laughs> hears everything that is said behind my back. And then there are some folks who will be like, how did you know? Because guess what? If I walk with God, God will disclose those things that are said in darkness. And not only the things that come out of your mouth, I'm going to really mess you up. God will expose what's in a person's heart. When you've really been walking with God, God will expose what people are for you and what people are against you. And so folk can be all up in your face, skinning and grinning, and God will show you that's not really your friend. They don't really have your best interest. They're not who you think they are. Come on, talk back to me. Some of y'all are sitting there wondering if I'm talking about you. When the truth of the matter is you ought to know if I'm talking about you or not. You know your heart. You know what you said. You know what you feel. But God shows us in the text that when people are guilty of being pissed at the pastor and complaining against the clergy, what he does is he hears it. And then when God hears it, you're in a whole heap of trouble because he addresses it. He, he, calls them, he calls them out to the tent of meeting. And Scales, this is where I left off last week. And I didn't dig in too much because I didn't want nobody to get mad right at the end. Some folk have no conviction because they never come to the meeting. 
God convicts Miriam and Aaron because he gives them a word when they come to the meeting. And I've always wondered how it is that some folk can call themselves Christian and have so much hell in their heart when the truth of the matter is when I look around at those folk who are always raising trouble, they never come to Bible study, y'all are quiet. When I think about the folk that are all, here's what I can't stand, Scales, is folk who will show up at business meetings but won't come to Bible study, huh? To me, that means that your only purpose huh, is to sow discord huh, and to try to be manipulative huh, and to try to run so y'all are quiet, make some noise so nobody will think I'm talking about you. But folk who are always trying to raise hell, huh, folk who are opposing leadership, never show up when the word of God is being released. <laughs> I've learned that folk who are full of drama, they show up for the singing. They show up for the worship. They run around doing praise and worship. But then when the word of God is going forth, they sit there with their mouth clenched real tight. Because the word of God will convict you. Come on, come on, somebody, somebody talk back to me. That when the word of God is going forth, only the people of God can receive it with joy. But hellions and demons get uneasy and angry when the word of God is. You ought to say amen right there. Because if you love God, you ought to love his word and you ought to love his servant. Huh? But if you're opposed to God, huh, then the word of God is offensive to you. So, 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 so there are some folk who never get the revelation because they never show up at the meeting. They, 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 they've grumbled. They've complained. They've had so much to say. And God says, well, let me holler at you real quick. Now, I love this because God calls Aaron, Miriam, and Moses. Don't miss this. Moses hadn't done anything wrong. God doesn't even speak to Moses. At no point does God say anything to Moses. Because I was messed up. I said, God, why did you even bring Moses if you didn't have a word for Moses? And God said, because I needed Moses to see how I was going to correct those who were opposed to him. That's what the psalmist meant when he said he prepares a table huh, in the presence of my enemies. Huh? The God I serve is not going to let people just talk about you and dog you and not allow you to see him get vindication on your behalf. Huh? And listen, when you got the spirit of God in you, huh, that ain't what you're about. Huh? But can I tell somebody there's consolation in no that God fights for me God loves me God cares for me God will fix it I can take my hands off it I need seven folk in the room to just wave your hand and say I'm learning to let God fight for me I'm learning to turn it over to the Lord I'm learning to let God handle it and so here it is he, he brings Moses to the meeting so that Moses can see him reprimand those who've been out of line. They, 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 they were discontent. So God gave them a revelation. And the revelation, Jesus, uh, the revelation God gives them is very simple. Why did you think it was cool for you to complain against the pastor? 
here's a revelation. Come, come, come out. I got a word for you. Why did you think it was okay to complain against Moses? It, it, it's a question that we, we would read past, gloss over, but we probably need to spend some time there in 2021. Because there's a whole bunch of pastor jokes. They got one out. Now, would you slap your pastor for $5 million? And people, hee, hee, hee. Now, listen. Let me, what camera? Put, put, the, put the center camera on me. Let, let me let you know. And some people try to clean it up by saying, well, I'm going to tithe and give a love offer. You're going to give more than that. You're going to give your face. Because anybody who slaps me. I know the Bible says turn the other cheek, but if you slap me off of a meme, zoom in on me. Zoom. Why y'all ain't zooming? It's broke. Zoom broke. Look over there. Zoom. If you slaps, pass the free. Pass the free gonna slap fire, hell, condemnation, destruction out of in Jesus' name. My point, my point, that was a rabbit trail. My point, my point is that a lot of times people think it's funny, it's cute to, to, to demean, to minimize the pastor and Mark. God said, why did you think that was a good idea? <laughs> he gives them this revelation uh, that is connected to Psalm 105.15, do not touch my anointed one and do my prophet no harm. Somebody said, well, he a man just like I am. No, I've got a calling. I've got an appointment. I've been anointed in a different way. This is what David understood. Saul was out of his mind, literally. Saul had lost his mind. He was trying to kill David. But David understood as long as God has him in position, it is not my fight because then I'm picking a fight with God. Listen, let me tell you when you can stop honoring me, huh? when God removes me. Huh? You can stop seeing me as different huh? when God fires me. Help me, Holy Ghost. But as long as God has positioned huh, and placed me, if you want your life to be blessed and not cursed, you've got to learn how to deal and harness those emotions in a way that are not disrespectful. I knew I wasn't going to get too many amens, but when I'm out the Bible, get up and walk out. The word of God said, God said, what made you think you could fix your mouth to complain against the man of God? I love this because at this point, the question for them is, why we got to listen to Moses when God talks to us too? I do believe in the priesthood of all believers. I believe that you don't need me to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. I believe that the veil in the temple has been torn so that the believers have access to the throne of God, the holies of holies. But guess what? Just because you have access don't mean you have the same anointing. Y'all missing this. Just, just, just because just because God loves you and he's opened the door for you, it does not mean that you wear the same mantle that the man of God wears. As a matter of fact, Miriam, for all intents and purposes, is a 
priestess or she is a prophetess. She wears a title. She has a spiritual gift and a spiritual office. Aaron is the mouthpiece for Mary, for Moses. He too has an office. But just because he has a leadership role, it doesn't mean that he is the leader. Somebody ought to talk back to me. Because at the end of the day, when you are the leader, that's where the buck stops. You make the final call because you are responsible at the end of the day. Have I got a witness in here? Can I tell somebody that if ALC fails, they ain't going to look for Kayla. They ain't going to look for scales. At the end of the day, if ALC fails, one name is going to be called. And that name is going to be Deshard I.H.M. Freeman. Because leadership bears with it the responsibility that nobody else has. Yeah, you give your money. Yeah, you give your time. Yeah, you serve in your department. But that does not make you the leader. And God has to expose to them that there's a different mantle that's on Moses. Maybe that's what you ought to get in your spirit. Type that in the comment section. There's a different mantle that's on Moses. Look at how God breaks it down, Scales. He says, uh, even if, now if is a conditional term, because if means that if not is a possibility. Even if there are prophets among you. And I say if because there are a whole lot of folk who say they prophesying and they prophet lying. And, and, and because they don't have to validate it, because I said, my, Myron, in 48 hours, 48 hours, I see turnaround, I see turnaround. In 48 hours, turn around. Oh, ha ba ba, turn around. I see it. 48 hours, I ain't gonna see Myron, so I could have just lied. But I'm a prophet, because I made you feel something. Let, let me help you since I know that some of y'all be dipping at everybody's table. Anybody whose prophecy does not line up with the word of God is prophet lying, not prophesying. Type that as a post. I want you to put that out in the world. Anybody whose prophecy does not line up with the word of God is prophet lying, not prophesying. And we've got a whole lot of folk who can shout and shirk and jerk and look good and use crazy spiritual terms that ain't nowhere in the Bible. Shift. Everything shifted. I'm in a spiritual stick shift. We can't go no. Everything shift. Breakthrough. You got a breakthrough every week? Your breakthrough broke last week if you got a breakthrough again. But God says to them, even if I speak to a prophet, I talk to them, bro, in riddles. In dreams, I'm gonna give them a piece of it. Paul said, We know in part and we prophesy in part, but we got crazy church folk who are running after fanatical prophets who can only give you half of what they think they see. I'm talking about what the text just said. When God says that the mantle of a Moses, he said, I talked to Moses face to face. 
that there is no fuzziness in our communication. And whenever Moses said, I said, I said it, he heard me clearly. And I made sure because I looked in his eyes to be sure that he understood it. Here it is. Do you want the message of a Miriam over the mantle of a Moses? And let me, let me press the claim since I'm already out here. There are a lot of folk who have been called to be Aaron, Aaron and Miriam. But they're not content with that call. So God called them too. But they called themselves to something else. Are y'all hearing me? That there are some folk who, who would have been just fine if they would be content with their calling. But because they can't line up with God's will in their calling and be content, they call themselves. My, 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 <laughs> I hope you were blessed by the word that there was some challenge, some encouragement, and some conviction uh, mixed off in pissed at pastor. Uh, part two, which is part four of the sermon series, I won't complain. Uh, we don't we don't talk a lot about it in church, and maybe we should do more uh, of that type of talk to understand that there are consequences that are connected to uh, talking down and mistreating the man. A woman of God, as God gives leaders and He places pastors, the Word of God says that He gives. Uh, pastors according to his heart and so really our pastors are gifts to us and how we treat the gift speaks volumes of how we feel about the giver for lack of a better uh, expression and so I just want to encourage you to be very cautious be very cognizant of how you treat respect honor uh, the man or woman that God has placed as head over your spiritual life as I said in some of the sermon, uh, it definitely has uh, become commonplace in our society that the preacher's the butt of every joke, uh, and and even church people kind of disrespect or or make it their business to try to put preachers on blast and, and and talk negatively. And I just personally believe that the Word of God tells us there will be a consequence. David, a uh, little shepherd boy at the time, even though King Saul kept trying to take his life, pin him to the wall with a javelin, he said, I refuse to speak negatively or to take the life of Saul because he is the appointed and anointed man of God at this time. He says, I'm not going to lay a finger on him because he's God's anointed. I think in the same way in our contemporary society, we must have that level of respect and reverence for our spiritual leaders because if God positioned and placed them and they're wrong, God is God enough to deal with them and to get them back in line. And guess what? God doesn't need our help uh, in that vein. So it's Clergy Appreciation Month, the whole month of October. I dare you. I double dog dare you to do something nice for a person who's trying to live out the call. Just to encourage them along the way. Let them know that, uh, they're, that you're praying for them and that um, you honor the fact that they have sacrificed their lives to walk out their call. I'm about to give away some flavors because that's what I do on Free Indeed Friday podcast. And because it's Clergy Appreciation Month, I want to give flowers today to my brother one of the generals pastor jj rector the third listen i want to thank god for wreck because uh we've been brothers for 
about 30 years. Uh, growing up as boy preachers, we shared a very unique um, experience, right, that most uh, preachers and pastors maybe didn't start as boys, but we often swapped those growing up stories of our mothers taking us to buy us suits and making sure we were suited and booted sitting in the pulpit as little children. And, and neither one of our parents, um, our mothers played uh, with us when it came to taking our call and our ministry seriously. Uh, but but uh, J.J. Rector III has been a brother much beloved for a long, long time. Uh, sometimes when he's literally hoped and willed me back into ministry, we pray together. We joke together. We laugh. We've even shared some tears together. Uh, we've got a very interesting relationship where we talk about each other like dirty dogs. I'll talk about John Rector till my mouth get tired, but I bet you this, I ain't gonna let nobody else do it because that's my brother. Rick, man, I just want to love on you, brother. Thank you for being a brother, for being rock solid and consistent. Uh, this week, um, Pastor Rector will be laying his beloved mother to rest and just to see my brother uh, in pain, but still putting full confidence in God and and caring about other people and leading his family has been a tremendous inspiration and blessing to me. So, man, I'm praying for you during this season. I love you. There's nothing you could do about it. So, general, take these flowers, boy. Anyway, I hope and pray that I've been able to help you get this Friday jump-started right with the Free Indeed Friday podcast. Uh, before I let you go, let me pray for you and, and hopefully uh, pray a blessing over your life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity and privilege to gather even uh, through the platform of podcast. And Father, we confess that we are sinners. We are broken. We've fallen short of your glory. Lord God, sometimes we just can't get right. No matter what it is that you instruct us to do, uh, we make another choice. But God, you are full of grace and mercy and you extended to us even as your wayward children and Lord God we say thank you today for loving us in spite of us thank you today for giving us purpose and a future thank you today for not throwing us away even when we acted like we were trash Lord God in the name of Jesus I command a blessing over each and every hearer I don't know where they are what they've got going on in their life but I know that the devil is busy and so it's possible that he has sought to discourage them uh, to cause them to be doubtful to shake their faith oh God perhaps maybe even wreaking havoc in their family or their finances or their health but in the name of Jesus today I commit this moment of prayer to speaking favor and blessing and healing and joy and breakthrough and a season of purpose a season of victory a season of overcoming over your people that each and every person under the sound of my voice I pray supernatural favor over their lives. Doors open that no man can close. I pray in the name of Jesus that they have healthy relationships. I pray in the name of Jesus that the devil's hand is loosed off their lives, that he and his imps are sent back to the depths of hell from whence they have come. I pray that the people of God walk in victory right now with our heads held high, our chest stuck out, because our Father has given us the victory. Our elder 
brother died and conquered death in the grave. So what is cancer? What is debt? What is confusion? What is haters in the face of the fact that our Savior has won the victory for us again and again and again? Lord God, in the name of Jesus, as we close today, I pray that supernatural joy overtake your people. As we close today, where there was confusion and frustration, I pray for peace over your people. Lord, we love you and we thank you for allowing us this sweet hour, this sweet moment of prayer to cast our cares on you, knowing that you care for us. It's in the matchless, powerful, potent, precious name of Jesus, our Christ, that we do pray and ask these things by faith. Amen. And thank God. Family, I hope that you've been as blessed today here in the podcast as I was creating the podcast. I'm signing off of this Free Indeed Friday podcast, but I want you to have a blessed week, a blessed weekend. Get up and go to church on Sunday, family. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Share it with your friends and family if it's been a blessing to you. It's Pastor Free. Free Indeed Friday podcast. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Ah, Jesus go.